Indeed, Stjongane, uh, with all of these uh, uh, advances that are happening in the world of uh, tech. And uh, today we are catching up with uh, uh, the founder, or co-founder, I should say, of a startup here that is uh, certainly uh, making for a very big conversations in the world of augmented reality and in uh, some of the business use cases and applications of that. And uh, I'm talking about Foxtrot and the co-founder of Foxtrot, Kamukhelo Sesing, joins me here in the studio. He's been back for about a week or so because they were all the way out in San Francisco at the TechCrunch uh, Disrupt 2019. And uh, alongside uh, over 350 startups, uh, contesting for attention space and, of course, uh, the uh, next-level conversations uh, that will be able to, um, I guess, give give life to uh, many of the ideas, um, advances, and uh, even uh, innovations that uh, they've come up with. And uh, Kamukhelo joins me uh, in studio. Kamukhelo, how are you doing, brother? I'm good, man. Good evening and good evening to yeah. your listeners. Welcome to Metro FM Talk. Welcome to our tech conversations. Uh, before we start, Kamukhelo... If you could just tell us briefly, Foxtrot, what, what is it that you guys do? Uh, and, I, you know, I've gotten to a point now where I, I don't assume that everybody understands what yeah. we're talking about when we say artificial intelligence, augmented <coughs> or virtual reality. So so maybe tell us first what Foxtrot does and then say a bit more about how you guys uh, deploy augmented reality for the kind of solutions that you develop. Yeah. Um, so I've worked in advertising for about uh, 15 years. Mm. And uh, I guess over the last few years, I started to kind of notice how augmented reality really was starting to become mm. a really powerful tool. Mm. Uh, but what was happening was that a lot of AR ideas were actually ending up on the floor simply by virtue of the fact that uh, clients were feeling, number one, it was too expensive. Mm. Um, so you, the cost of adoption is just doesn't 100%. make sense. Yeah. It, didn't, it didn't make sense mm. right, from a financial point of view. So it cost quite a hell of a lot. Uh, you needed developers in order to build capability. It's quite usually reliant on an app um, in order for it to be powerful. Mm. Um, this takes time and it takes a hell of a lot of money. So essentially what we did is we built uh, an engine, right, which basically eradicates the need for all of that. No developer, no app, no custom domains, no time, cost, like, mm. you know what I mean? All out of, out of the picture. And basically the engine can plug into your platform and it's web-based, right? Which is also fantastic. Mm. It's a web-based augmented reality tool. It plugs into your, uh, into your platform and then it allows you to have augmented reality mm. capability. When, when you say your platform, do you mean the company's website? Do you exactly. Mean, yeah. So your company's website, your real okay. estate that already yeah, exists, yeah. Sure. right? Um, and you okay. Can so, have, so, so let's pause there for yeah. a second and then come back to augmented reality. So you've got a solution now that can sort of plug into your existing uh, digital real estate. It might be a website. It might be a sort of Moby site or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then you embed a capability there that allows for augmented reality. Yeah. What is that? So augmented reality is essentially the ability for, it's hyper-realism. It's uh, being able to deploy content on top of real-life environment. Okay. Right? So it's the ability for your camera to recognize an image and then deploy content depending on what that image is. Say right? that again. So it's the ability for your smartphone camera mm. to recognize an image. Um, think of it like a QR code, right? Oh, okay. But eradicating the need for a QR code. Mm. I could scan this remote and the remote basically ends, uh, acts as a QR code. So mm. that's what's really powerful about it. It's an object recognition content deployment tool. And that object could be faces, it could be, could be anything. It could be anything, basically. It could be anything. I mean, yeah, we've yeah. deployed it in a, in a myriad of ways, right? So, for mm. instance, um, 
with a beverage uh, company where you can scan the bottle and the bottle can give you you know um, a means to enter competition. Oh yeah. Uh, you scan your TV and it immediately recognizes because of the recognition kit. It recognizes the person on the screen if they're a celebrity, for instance, mm. because there's a lot of that. You know, a lot of the image that's uploaded onto the internet. Sure, sure, so it trolls sure. the internet. It pulls all those images. Mine's and can all of that, yeah. that. That's Paul Pogba or that's uh, Ayapong. Okay, fascinating stuff, man. So, so I, I kind of get how you can use it in the social networking space. I mean, we saw uh, all of that facial recognition stuff uh, and making people seem a lot older and uh, capturing their data yeah, in that kind yeah. of way. But... You know, how would I use that if I was a fast-moving consumer goods company? You know, how would I use that if I was a business, uh, you know, if I was running a law firm yeah. or doing anything like that? So, fantastic. And, and I love that you've asked that question because the the applications are actually so vast. Uh, mm. One of the reasons that um, um, we went to, to TechCrunch was to actually exhibit and test how robust the platform is. Sure. So, for instance, if you are, we're, we're currently using, I'll give you a current use case. We're currently using it on uh, with Sun International mm. to basically um, give them the ability to basically capture a, a an ID from a flat uh, an ID number from a flat surface, right? So previously it used to be very difficult to be able to do that. You're able to capture you know content from a credit card, for instance, because mm. the numbers are raised. Sure, sure, right? sure. So it's not on the same level as the card itself. Hundred yeah. percent. But with a normal card like an ID or a driver's license, it's flat, so it's mm. difficult. So basically what we're able to do with this is you can scan a license and it can auto uh, automatically populate exactly it can populate uh, fields it can take a picture so what it does is it does something we call express fika for um you know for for organizations which yeah, is yeah, yeah. so that you don't have to end up filling out all of these forms 100% because you can then cross i guess Angulate that data with whatever data is with. So you've got like you have platform, an authenticating yeah. company mm. that is uh, that is part of the ecosystem sure. that authenticates that. And uh, what should have taken you about two three minutes to do is essentially the trick mm. of one button. I remember watching movies, man, with stuff like that. Yeah, where they say, "Hey, <laughs> where you lift the numbers in a way that like, like a." So, so where you can recognize and sift out numbers, letters, um, yeah. you know, that yeah. kind of thing from uh, from just a you know a flat piece of paper. Yeah. So that's and that's that's just one use case. That's like a mm. that's an extraction um, iteration of the of the software. Sure. Then there's a deployment um, version of it, and deployment is essentially what I was talking about earlier. So it scans something, and yeah. then it can say this is Samsung, and it can go. Um, you know, gives you an ad for Samsung mm. or it gives you information about the Samsung TV. It's sure, a 69 sure. by inch, 100 megahertz, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So it's really powerful in, 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 in the commercial space, mm. uh, but also in the process uh, tool space. Yeah. How, how does this then interface with other sort of technologies that are emerging? Because one would think that this is one part that can easily fit into a world where everybody ubiquitously uses Internet of Things or uses blockchain technology. So, so if I think of that example of the ID, um, does it allow, if you already have that authentication platform in the ecosystem, yeah. for that then to also trigger something else in the blockchain? Well, we, we literally only go up to a certain uh with particularly with deployment, mm. we go up to a certain uh, part, and then that's where we play okay, our sure, part, and that's sure. about it. Yeah. It's really the extraction. Mm. We would then give that to an authentication company. They would authenticate, and then it would bounce back to our I server see. and go, I "This see. is indeed Ayabonga because we've you know we've been able to verify his okay. ID number, um, and he can 
you know, continue to do what it is that it, whatever it is that he wants to do, whether it's okay. opening a phone contract or mm. uh, an account for Edgar or, or applying for a loan or anything of that sort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Let's pause there for a second, man, and take a quick spot break. And uh, when we come back, I want us to take a look at, uh, I guess, Foxtrot, the business as well. And yeah. then uh, some of the escapades you guys were, were having in San Francisco, uh, some of the interesting conversations you, you met, the people uh, that uh, you had an opportunity to interact with. Yeah. And potentially, I guess uh, some of the uh, businesses or business opportunities that are in the pipeline. So we'll continue with that on the other side. I'm joined by Kamukhelo Sissing. He's the co-founder of uh, Foxtrot and they work in the space of augmented reality. I'd love to hear from you. You might have a question for them or any comment. Give us a ring on 089-110-3377. 13 minutes it is after 8 p.m. It is our tech conversations, which we bring to you every Wednesday. And uh, it's all of these conversations. This is Amuko Melezala ecosystem. And uh, I guess get to a much better uh, and a much uh, more common and stronger understanding of uh, all of these things that uh, are often lumped into this sort of idea of a fourth industrial revolution. And I certainly think it's sometimes a problematic notion because it assumes that all of the changes we're talking about uh, are down the pike. And if you ask anybody who works in the manufacturing sector in South Africa, they'll tell you that automation um, has been something that's been happening for the last few decades, even some of the people in the mining sector. Um, and even you know robotics in some sectors have been there for a while. And so uh, I guess it's also important to understand where we are, what has already happened, and more importantly, what is down the line. And uh, one of those things that are down the line is uh, the increasing use of augmented uh, reality or technologies uh, that deploy augmented reality uh, in a numerous and wide set of business cases. I'm joined in studio by Kamokhelo Sissing. He's the co-founder of uh, Foxtrot, and uh, they uh, certainly uh, deploy much of that for many of their clients now. Uh, Kamokhelo, you guys were in San Francisco. Yeah. A few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, briefly, for some of us who might not be familiar, what is TechCrunch Disrupt? Uh, and more importantly, I guess, uh, an audacious move on your end to say, you know what? We want to go there. So, Bangena, uh, whether or not, you know, uh, we, <laughs> <laughs> we get any tangible partnerships on the back of it, but like to even go there yeah. uh, is something, I guess, uh, significant and considerable enough here. Yeah. Look, I mean, it was quite a sizable uh, investment on our part. Um, and quite a bold move. It's, it's funny enough. Like, Malin. Um, Malin. <laughs> oh. <joking>. <laughs> <laughs> but it really, it came out of, a, I'd actually just finished a book called 10X. And sure. they talk about like, you know, they talk about like doing, um, taking gigantic action mm. in order to get gigantic results back. Sure. So we'd made the decision about a, about a couple of months ago. Um, but essentially really why we went there was TechCrunch is, is um, you know, every year, the world descends on San Francisco mm. and it becomes this um, market. Essentially, everybody kind of selling the next big, uh, the next big thing in tech. About 351 startups, um, all vying for investor attention, uh, partnerships, and really just there to test their technology, which was primarily what we were there for. Mm. So the fact that we walked away with a couple of meetings, presentations, and now like, you know, interacting back and forth with some yeah. guys that side, is actually just a bonus for us. Mm. But uh, the main goal was to go that side and really test our platform against other platforms in the world. Mm. And uh, and I think the feedback that we've gotten is really, it, res it, it, it proves the point that the technology is, is fantastic. What, what are the differences that you're seeing uh, between the cohort of potential clients um, here in South Africa and what you, you're starting to see in the US? How do I put this? Um, Frankly, 
<laughs> be frank, brother. Um, so th- there's a lot of convincing that has mm. to happen uh, this side. Um, there's a lot of education that still has sure, to happen. Sure. Um, so just beyond showing someone the value of the technology is telling them how it kind of works and what mm. the technology is. A lot of people, when you step into a room, they're really hearing it for the first time. Mm. Um, you know, even forget understanding how they can use it or how it can benefit them. Uh, and even after that, then there's this fear of, okay, who have you done this with before? Or mm. has this even worked? Da, 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 you know? Um, so we've had to climb that mountain a couple of times sure, sure. here at home. Uh, what we did find in San Fran, for instance, was massive corporations. And I mean, I can talk about this because we're in the, in the process of dealing Walmart mm. uh, and NBC Universal. Uh, really took to it very, very easily. In fact, to the point where the, the gentleman that we were um, interfacing with was ideating around how else we could use the technology. Sure. Things sure. we'd never even mm, thought of. Mm. Um, and, and you know, th- that's that's kind of like where we are right now. Sure, we're sure. at the point where we're brainstorming best use cases for uh, these uh, these organizations. Mm. And, and I guess it's part and parcel of a very risk-averse and conservative nature yeah. of South African business. And, and when I say business, I even lump, uh, you know, the business processes within the public sector because yeah. many of those are still caught in a, in a time warp, if I can put it that way. Um, yeah. You know, does it sometimes work to first get that kind of recognition overseas before people take you seriously here when it comes to some of these technologies? I'll be honest. We had a, our view was always to try to build from South Africa out. Sure. Um, this really kind of changed our view mm. in the sense that, you know, least least path of resistance, you know, built from the outside in. Um, we're still doing business here, um, but more and more I can tell you that we're, we're, our, our eye is going to focus uh, yeah, beyond yeah. our shores simply by virtue of the fact that we can see that there's, uh, there's quicker uptake. Mm. Let's now talk about Foxtrot, the business. Yeah. Um, w- when you've got a business like this, I mean, well, Certainly, from what you've been saying, I get a sense that this is a very capital-intensive industry to go into. Oh, yeah. um, very knowledge and skill-intensive as well. Yeah. Um, and you know, many people might be sitting there and saying, "Hey, I might have a wide array of skill, uh, skills, knowledge, or even capital to invest in this sector." <clears throat> but wh- what do the cash flows look like? I mean, is it uh, you know uh, that that kind of thing where you have three massive clients in a year and you're good, or is it also about saying, "Let's go out there and uh, go and chase some volume yeah. uh, to to be able, I guess, to to get ourselves into a nice cash flow position?" So it's um, the way we've there's there's different scales, mm. right? The different let's call it. Um, users, right? So you've got your startup user who might be, let's say, a little coffee shop Mm. and they want to run a promotion themselves and they want to be able to use augmented reality, scan my coffee cup and you'll get two vouchers, da-da-da-da, right? Mm. So you've got a lot of that. That's a volume. That's definitely a volume. Sure, sure. Um, Then you've got your business. So it's a slightly more kind of advanced, um, someone who's who's a little bit more graduated in business. Mm. Um... They want to do, you know, they have more use for it. Sure. Um, Then there's the advertising aspect of it. So where you lease it out to advertising agencies and advertising agencies make it available to their array of clients. Ah, okay. uh, Which is fantastic. So, and and for me, that's that's actually where we're finding a lot of joy. Mm. Um, Where clients are going, okay, cool. So I pay you one subscription Mm. and then I can make this available to all my clients and I'll charge them each a certain amount fantastic for mm. them it's a new cost item that they never had before yeah, yeah. Um, and for us it's the the, the volume is is uh, is growing at a pretty good mm. rate then you have your enterprise 
So like a, a Walmart sure. would be enterprise. So they will have dozens of access points. So access point is something that you scan mm. that deploys information. Sure. So you can imagine, you know, um, the size of a pick and pay is has an insane amount of products in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they would need uh, a very, very robust agile and scalable uh, mm. and how would you build them i mean is, is it a matter of placing them on a retainer every month where they give you a sizable amount of money relative i guess to that smaller coffee shop yeah or is it like uh, just you know a fixed contract or a subscription service yeah so it's it's a uh, it's fixed it's a it's a lot of fixed um costs mm. across the different scales sure. um obviously with uh within reason because our server costs mm. are like they last they elastic right sure, they expand sure. and they contract depending on the traffic that exactly. the platform yeah. is is uh, is kind of seeing uh but essentially we're, we're charging pretty flexible uh rates uh, okay pretty favorable rates actually all right okay oh. certainly hope uh, many of those businesses that are looking uh, to deploy this uh, of all different sizes are tuned in and uh, do uh, check out uh, foxtrot there i will uh, certainly uh, give you a sense of what their website uh, is and how you can get hold of them towards the end of our conversation we take a quick spot break now and when we come back we continue our conversation with kamukhel it is indeed 23 minutes it is after 8 p.m. and uh, it's our tech conversations here on uh, Metro FM Talk. And I'm joined by Kamukhelo Sesing. He's the co-founder at uh, Foxtrot and uh, they work in the world of augmented reality. And uh, Kamukhelo, just before we went to the break, uh, we're talking briefly um, about, I guess, how you organize your business. Yeah. Um, and and I guess we touched on you know the the volume side of things, how you get your revenue in. Uh, let's maybe talk about the capital side of things. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, how did you guys set this up? Um, you know, where did you get your first sort of uh, investors who were willing to say, "Hey, we're willing to on risk give you some capital here. Let's see what you guys can do." Bootstrap, bootstrap, bootstrap. <laughs> um, so we were lucky enough to. So my my partners and and I um, all ad, owned ad agencies. Mm. Um, so essentially we went, okay, cool, let's start kind of developing um, a stream of cash that kind of goes into feeding this uh, this beast. Okay. Because While you were still in your agencies. 100%. Yeah. Um, and uh, once we kind of put the offering out there, obviously you had to build the platform, first of all. Um, and it didn't have, it didn't, it didn't take the shape that it has today. Mm. It was essentially us kind of going to a client and say, listen, we could, put, we could uh, build this capability for you. Uh, and would not, you be interested? Yeah. Would you be interested? And not necessarily that it was a user based builder that you could build your own AR mm. for. You know what I mean? We only kind of came to that realization at a later stage when we're going, there's no way we could have five to 10 clients at the same time and deliver. So what if we actually built an engine that they could use to build it themselves? Mm. But uh, for that first few while, we were just bootstrapping up until the business basically kind of made a made a um, started getting its own clients, and uh, and even still till today, it's still quite a money burning business mm. because uh, we're always kind of making the software more robust. Um, there's always new technology coming out, so we're trying to keep up. Uh, the team is growing, so we need to feed that beast. Mm. Um, yeah. How many people you have in your team now? There's about eight of us. The main yeah. main uh, office is down in Cape Town, mm. um, and I'm essentially the the, the only one. Yeah, no one is a kappa. You know, all these techies. Yeah, no one is a kappa. Hundred percent. So you know, unfortunately, there isn't uh, that culture doesn't exist really in Joburg. Mm. That scene is like it's quite light. 
but in Cape Town, it's fantastic. And it's a great place to also test things because there's so many tech startups coming out of there that mm. people have become so easily um, attuned to testing stuff. So sure, you give someone sure. say, hey, try this out. They're not going to, you know, never about Kumail. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a high likelihood that they'll probably be interested in what you're saying. They'll be you. interested. Mm. They'll give you positive feedback or they'll give you bad feedback, which is just as good as positive yeah, feedback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then let's talk about that ecosystem. I mean, just the kind of support outside and within that ecosystem. Uh must surely distinguish it from from what's happening here in Johannesburg. I mean, uh, let's maybe look just from outside of that ecosystem. It might be within government. It might be the interface with some of the corporations yeah. in the Western Cape. Uh, what distinguishes that space to uh, some of the maybe corporations or even public sector actors here in Gauteng? To be honest, I think it's a couple of like there's there's uh, I think there's um, private private money. That's also circulating in the tech scene quite a bit down in Cape Town. Yeah. Uh, there's quite a bit of it that's being pumped in there. There's organizations that, uh, you know, support each other. Even uh. like kind of, you know, if you go to your Workshop 17s, if you go to your Ideas Cartels, if you go to all these kind of places where sure. the ecosystems that are just kind of created for like co-creation and collaboration and that kind of vibe. Um, I think more, more uh, funds have a view on Cape Town based mm. tech companies than they do up here. Uh, I can't tell you why, uh, but if you if you you know if you follow a lot of the articles, a lot of kind of who gets backed, who gets kind of uh, uh, who kind of comes to prominence, it's mm. a lot of Cape Town tech uh, companies. And I just think they've got a they've got a culture of trying, failing, pushing, deploying, measuring. Sure, sure. You know what I mean. Whereas I, I just don't think in Joburg that that culture is quite entrenched mm, mm. and but it's getting there. yeah and when you look at a foxtrot and even i guess uh, uh, the, the kind of technology that you you use here uh, to to be able to assist and support your clients in whatever business challenges they might have yeah w- where do you see that going in the next five say to ten years um and alongside it of course the entity and the company itself as well yeah look i mean i, I definitely see the there being um greater need for something like this I mean, if you if you read a lot of the articles around AR and VR, um, there's no way it can go down. It can only it'll only get it'll only grow in massive leaps and bounds. Mm. The more technologies like this that take something that seemingly looks out of reach and basically packages it in a way that is accessible to everyone, yeah, yeah. it's going to definitely uh, you know permeate through every kind of sector of business. People just kind of need to get to understand, okay, how can this technology, or start thinking about how this technology mm. can actually help me in my business. If I'd said augmented reality could help you express Fika, your business, two mm, years ago, mm, somebody mm. would have said... You're crazy. Exactly, how? Um, but here we are doing it. Um, there's, there's myriads of applications, and I think as people kind of realize that, through this becoming a lot more accessible, you're going to see a hell of a lot more of it in different ways. Mm. And uh, you're talking about private uh, money doing the rounds in the Western Cape. Many people listening to this conversation might have very deep pockets and looking for investable opportunities. Are you guys still in the marketplace for potential funding and financing or when's the next round coming up? Yeah, look... uh yeah, when entrepreneurs never say no to money. Like, yeah. Yeah, look, um, <laughs> and I have to play. Yeah. Hard, I have to play hard to get as well. <laughs> no, look. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I think what what more we're looking for is strategic partnerships. Okay. Than um, money per se. Sure, sure. That's not the issue. The issue is really growth. 
um you know that's like, you know like just a early stage business saying yeah you know the issue i am mild Uh, the issue is growth. Uh, strategic partnerships that can get us more business. Yeah, but <laughs> growth in the long run will yeah. equate to will equate to the other. So, no, for sure. Um, and and you know if you look at again if you look at uh, what's happening in Silicon Valley particularly, mm. um, a lot of investors are actually erring to more more towards growth businesses than margin yes, businesses. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. Okay, my brother. It's been a pleasure catching up with you. I wish you and uh, your uh, clan there at Foxtrot all the best, and uh, I certainly do send our regards to the team as well. And uh, well done for uh, you know uh, taking a big risk uh, and a costly risk at that. Yeah, and going there to San Francisco and saying, "Hey, we're going to knock on those doors," uh, and it's great that you've managed to get and strike up some of those conversations that have uh, led to other conversations and potential partnerships down the line. Yeah, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate the awesome time. stuff, man. Thank you so much for coming through. That there was Kamuhelo Sesing. He is the co-founder at Foxtrot. Uh, they are a platform. They're using augmented reality to uh, solve all manner of uh, business uh, cases, and uh, uh, of course, uh, deploying it in all manner of uh, applications within the world of business. And they were at uh, the uh, Tech Crunch Disrupt 2019, which was happening in San Francisco. 29 minutes it is before the top of the hour. Uh, we now, uh, I guess, to step out of our tech conversations. And on the other side, we take a look under the microscope at the Democratic Alliance.